Hello, welcome to Her Wild Side Hockey Podcast. I am your hostess, Mickey, aka Hockey She Wrote. And I am glad to be here after uh, winning a few games. Because <laughs> uh, let's be honest, that has not been happening a lot. And piling up two in a row in the same week, like, yes, let's do it. So I'm going to jump right into it here. We're basically going to be talking solely about uh, last night's game against the Nashville Predators. Uh, there's a few other things that we'll touch on at the end. But first of all, this is the second game with the new head coach, John Hines. And while you can't really credit the wins directly to him, I think the change is kind of what really made everyone uh, whip back into shape. It's something that there's a, a new coach you need to make a good impression because the first impression you make, like that's what they're going to base things off of. So if anyone wants to uh, try to get kind of a different role or uh, elevate their themselves in the lineup, potentially, this was a great time for them to really get things moving. And let's just say, I think the best person since then has been Connor Dewar, but we're going to talk about that. Now, uh, first, I want to start off because I've mentioned that there were people kind of going up, not going after, um, picking on the Minnesota Wild uh, social media admins because, oh, we are on a losing streak and they shouldn't post so many happy things because how dare they, correct? But I had made a joke about how, you know, what do you want them to post? Do you want uh, videos of the, the players crying? Do you want uh, like all the entrance pictures to be in black and white? Because that's part of what they were hyping on was like that. Oh, they all, you know, we don't want to need to see their outfits. We don't. Last night, the entrance pictures were in black and white. And I don't know if the admin looks at my social media, but I'm going to kind of take credit for that. Okay. But let's jump into Nashville. We have Gustafson in net again. He has taken over the net and he is on a hot streak. It is really good to see him back again because this is the Gus bus that we cheered on last year. And I'm assuming that they will just keep riding him as long as he is still hot. You know, unless they have a back-to-back would be an instance where Flurry might get called in. But I think Flurry's going to be warming the bench for a, a little while here. And thankfully, he's okay with that. I, I do want to get him to his, what it was, he needs like seven more wins to hit the big, to like second place uh, of wins for a goaltender. So I would like him to get those. Other than that, Gus has just been absolutely killing it. And I love that for him. Now, before the game, they took along, uh, I believe it was a father-son duo of veterans that they had honored at the military appreciation night. And one of them has a service dog. And what they did was they brought them with on the trip to Nashville to just, they got to watch the game. They got to stay in the same hotel. They got to ride on the team plane. Um, And of course, everybody loved the dog because first of all, how can you not? But Kirill was like, really, like, I think we know that Kirill likes animals. There's pictures of, he has a cat at home. He, there's a picture of him like holding a, a, 
is a goat or a lamb or something. Uh, he's always with dogs. And Kirill and this dog, Kirill is just like down, petting him, just having like the best time. And if that is something that's going to help spark Kirill's gameplay, I think that they need to get another team dog because Hattie is great, but she's training. She's training to be a service dog. So, you know, you can't always be petting them. PSA, you shouldn't pet them in public. Uh, but I think they need more of like an emotional support dog so that Kirill can just like get down on the floor and pet it before the games. And then I think that would maybe help spark him even more. Although he's get, he's getting there. He's getting there. Now, I feel like some of my notes here are going to be a little disjointed. Uh, like me, I, I'm disjointed. Because I was just kind of... As I was putting them together, I was kind of scrolling through my Twitter feed and looking at kind of what I had reposted and what I had said last night during the game. So it, it'll be disjointed, but you know what? It, it's fine. Stick with me. Uh, Jake Middleton has four goals this year. He scored his fourth one last night, meaning that this is a career year for him in goals. I believe he had three goals last year, it might have been. But other than that, he's not a goal scorer. It, that's just not what he's known for. But I love that, you know, he came in and he was very much like a stay-at-home defenseman. But the Minnesota Wild run this system where they want their defense to be able to jump up into the offense if needed. You know, they jump up, someone else will cycle back. And I think especially having Middleton with Spurgeon, who you know that he's going to be there and he's not going to make a mistake. He will cover for you if you go in. And Jake Middleton last night made, not only scored a goal, but it was actually like a highlight real goal. He just perfect, like to the backhand, up top corner, over the glove. It was, and then he fell over. <laughs> but I just love that he has been feeling so comfortable here in Minnesota that he's been jumping up in the offense more and more and more. Um, Pat Maroon got a goal and I always love when Maroon gets a goal because he is just so happy. He's always so happy to just play hockey when he scores. He's just like ecstatic. And I love that. And then, okay, we're going to just talk about the doer hat trick. If there was, if you were going to bet on a player from the Minnesota wild, like who, who would score the next hat trick? Uh, I'm going to guess people would bet on Kaprizov, Boldy. Um, you know, you could even get down a little bit into like Hartman, Goudreau, you know, a little more unlikely, but still possible. And but I don't think anyone, hardly anyone, would pick Connor Dewar for a hat trick. But oh man, I, I think as Dewar scored that third goal, I went absolutely feral, and I'm sure that so many of you also did, because he's a fourth-line grinder. He does that great. He is a great penalty killer, and yes, he scores goals. Yes, he puts up points, but that's not, you know, his main focus. And here he was scoring three goals and almost four. Are you kidding me? But I think that might come partially from the change in coaching. 
you know, just knowing that there's a new coach behind the bench, this is a, a, a time when Dewar can kind of show what he's got. You know, he can kind of try and bust out a little bit more. And, you know, maybe he wants to bust out of that fourth line role. Maybe he wants to get up, you know, in the lineup a little more. And I'm not sure if I see a way for that to happen right now. But I think it's a great, it's a great thing for him, especially coming up on, a, this is a contract year for him. At the end of this season, he will need a new contract if he's going to stay here. Um, I believe he is a restricted free agent. So I'm hoping he will stay here in Minnesota because I really like him. He punches sharks. He scores hat tricks. He likes Lord of the Rings. He's just an all around great guy. But this is a great way for him to show the wild or potentially other teams, hopefully not, that he can do this. He can do more than just kill penalties. He can score goals. Look at him go. And I mean, and even going to the, the penalty kills, last night, perfect PK. You could tell they were confident. They were making these passes that they just, they knew. Um, at one point, Faber did a no-look backhand pass to Brodeen, just confident and knowing that Brodeen was going to be there because they are, you know, whatever system they're running, it's like they are, they are sticking in their spots and they know where each other is. And it's so nice to see that because I talked about it at the beginning of this season that it's really hard to know that anytime your team gets a penalty, you're going to be scored on because that's just kind of how it was feeling. But we can be confident in the penalty kill because they are confident. And that is a fun thing to have as we kind of keep going and get better in the season. Uh, before the game, they had Matt Zuccarello do the starting lineup read. And they posted it on social media. And I love, there's kind of two elements to this that I love. Uh, so they're doing the pat, pat, clap. Pat, pat, clap. But at the beginning, like, Kirill knows that they're going to start doing it, but he's not quite sure. So he's, like, very tentative, uh, not quite sure if he should start clapping. But it's very sweet because he's just, like, he's there. He's going to support his bestie and make sure that he is tapping and clapping and, you know, doing what he needs to do to make sure he supports Suzuki's line read so it goes well. But the other thing is Faber in the background. I feel like Brock Faber is incapable of having a straight face. I feel like he is always smiling. And someone on uh, Twitter was saying that Faber looks like he's got the energy of someone performing at an elementary school concert. Would, yes. Big smile on his face, totally in it. Like, yes, I agree with that assessment. On the other hand, we have Dewar. And, you know, obviously they interviewed him, I think, twice. I think um, after the first period because he had, I think he might have had two goals by then. Uh, and then at the end of the game, obviously, because of the hat trick. But it's so funny to see he doesn't look happy in the interviews. On the bench, he did. When everyone was congratulating him, he did. But, like, you know, Gorg's like, hey, congratulations on the hat trick. And he's like, thank you like there's just mm. I did think it was very sweet that he mentioned 
that he felt lucky to play with his best friends. Like, it's not even about the scoring or even, like, even being in the and in the NHL is hard to say. But he's just lucky to play with his best friends. This team is so tight, so close together. And it's always nice to hear that. Now, they always post, like, the whoever scores the goal, they, they post, like, the celebration video that they each have. And Dewar's is absolutely Dewar. It gets, you know, it does, like, gets to the part where it's supposed to be him celebrating. And he just puts his arms up in the air and, like, just looks serious. <laughs> and I, I can't imagine him doing any other celebration. So it's, it, yeah. Oh, I, I wrote down again, Maroon's so happy on the ice. He just is. He is just happy to be there. It doesn't matter if he's in the middle of a scrum. It doesn't matter if he's scored or someone else has scored. He is just, like, so excited to play hockey. And I love that because I know that he is one, um, he's getting to the end of his career. It's not, like, a surprise. It's not um, a bad thing to say. We all know that the shelf life of a hockey player is not that long in the in terms of you know how long other professions work but he's just so happy now we had Vinny Letary up for the last two games because Ryan Hartman was suspended I am really glad they called up Letary because he deserved it he played so well when he was up here that I was really glad to see that they picked him but when they went into the Predators zone for this is right before Dewar's third for the hat trick. Uh, Letary made sure to put it on Dewar's stick, like put it right on his tape so that Dewar could try and get a hat trick. And I love when players do that when they know, like, no, don't, I don't want to score right now. You need to score. You have, you're going to have a hat trick. I need you to score. And very fitting for a Dewey to Ha score the third, so getting the hat trick while falling down, kind of backwards, and then it's also under review. It just feels like something that only happens to the Deweys, you know? And he made this quip about the fourth goal that he scored that they did take back, that it'll haunt me forever. And I... <laughs> His sense of humor is spot on. I... Just spot on. Um, I need to stop writing my notes so fast because there's something here that I don't even know what it says. Oh, oh, yes, I do know what it says. It says that Dewar is all in for the mayhem. Dewar, he woke up yesterday morning and he was just like, I'm going to terrorize the Nashville Predators tonight. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to terrorize them. And he did. He did. But then in... You know, every all the players on Instagram were posting like the congratulations on, you know, for Dewar on their feed or on their um stories. And Marcus Felino, I don't know if he's trying to stir the pot here, but he called Connor Dewar Big Dew. And we've discussed previously that uh Brandon Duhame's celebration video says big do and that I felt like he asked them to call him that but Moose used it for doer and I I feel like Duhay might be annoyed by that 
But someone else pointed out that perhaps they share the nickname and just kind of whoever is doing better gets to kind of claim it for now. So I I could see them doing that. I could see Duhame also taking it back whenever he feels like, and that's fine too. So Gus, in his last five starts, he has gone two, two, and one. He, in those games, those five games, he has a 1.79 goal against average and a 930 save percentage. And that, that's Gus. That's classic Gus Bus from last year. And he has really just started on fire right now. And Russo, Michael Russo pointed out that this is about the same time last year that Gustafson really took off. Uh, I know some people were like, oh, it's probably because he went to Sweden and that was like, a good thing. But Russo had this idea that I love that what he needs is a holiday Thanksgiving meal at the Spurgeon's house. Because both last year and this year, after that big party, the turkey, the ham, whatever they had, all the side dishes, he just went on a heater. So I think if he starts to lag again, we just have to have like a second Thanksgiving at Spurgeon's house. There were a couple penalties yesterday that were just. Karol Kaprizov basically got two minutes for playing defense. He got two minutes for playing defense for a, a stick that was just not a great, not in great shape. And they they cut to him in the in the boot, like in the box after a commercial break, and he's just like. You know, uh, Lopanta's like, he has not stopped shaking his head. And it's like, you know what? I get it. I get it, Carell. That was a BS call. But, I, you know, he wasn't going to argue, but he was just gonna, he's making it known that he does not like that. Uh, Felino had a fight. What I'm a little sad about is that it in the replay, they kind of make it look like Felino lost that fight. Because, you know, they're both getting a few punches in. And then I think it was Shen uh, takes him down to the ice. But if you watched before that, like just, you know, 10, 15 seconds before that, right at the beginning of the fight, before the camera is trained on them, he gets like three good punches in right off the bat. I kind of wish they would have included that because you kind of need that context, I think. Dewar's first goal, I, I laughed at how this was how this was um, said is so Dewar's first goal was he got assists from Rossi and then uh, Brandon Duhame stumbles into an assist. <laughs> yes. Apparently last year, Duhame only had one assist. He had a couple of goals too, but only one assist. So he has already matched last year's assist number and he can, you know, he can only go up from here. There was also this giant scrum in front of the net, uh, one of the guys had Krill in a headlock and ended up getting his helmet off. And then, you know, everyone kind of is calming down. And then all of a sudden, uh, Fabro comes up and like shoves Krill again and starts it all over again. Anyway, we came out of it. The wild came out of it with Kaprizov and Boldy both getting penalties. And the shots of them in the box, just, I mean, like, they're just like in there being buds. They're just in there being good buds. You know, they're not quite sure that they agreed with the assessment that they should both be in the box. But, you know, they were going to chum around while they were there. Uh, Gus had quite a few good glove saves. There were a couple that he just absolutely robbed the Preds of a goal. Again, so nice to see. 
And then Mama Moose, of course, after Dewar scores that third one, Mama Moose was there kind of cradling Dewar a little bit. So happy. So proud of the baby wild players. Uh, So here, now we are to the random notes section. So the whole thing with uh, Fleury's mask that he designed for Native American Heritage Night ended up going for it at the auction for $35,100. So as someone else said, thank you, Gary Bettman, because it never would have made that amount before the whole debacle. But it's nice that it made that amount now. They also have changed a rule in the league that you can now wear mismatched buckets. So you don't have to wear a white helmet with your white jersey. You can wear, uh, you know, the color helmet with the color, the white jersey. And I'm just hoping the Wild try that. We'll kind of keep our eye on that. Faber, Brock Faber now has this new line of glasses that he came out with. And everybody at once has decided that they need to go purchase new glasses. They desperately need new frames. I'm kind of on that bandwagon. We'll see. Because of Dewar's hat trick, they released the Dewey cut of the Gus Bus commercial. And my favorite is just that Brock Faber, he's supposed to kind of have a straight face. I mean, like, Duhame shoves him, and Faber is supposed to be kind of, like, offended by that or something. He's not. He just, he can't stop smiling. <laughs> he He's, like, ruined all the takes. And, uh... One more thing before we go here. I'm not a big stats head. You know, I I like to go more by what I see, not always stats. And because I think stats can be really overblown. I think people can really rely on them too heavily in a way that impedes the actual game. I should talk about that more sometime, but not right now. But I do follow um, Brett Marshall on Twitter, and he always puts up like the player stats, the player cards after each game. And since they put together the new first line of Zuccarello, Kaprizov with Rossi in the middle, they've played 81 minutes and 34 seconds. And during that time on the ice, when they are out, they are outscoring the opponent four to two. They're in control of 51% of the, they are in control of the puck for 51% of the time. They have 63% of the shot attempts. They have uh, 70% of the high danger chances. And they are a top 10 mark in the league. I have, Rossi, again, has just, he's another player that I just, I can't even put into words. Like I'm so happy for him. And he is having such a year and such a run. So I, you know, we can keep an eye on that new first line, but they are still just killing it. So uh, coming up on Sunday, they play the Chicago Blackhawks at home. Connor Bedard will be in the Excel center and I will also be in the Excel center. So if anyone else is there, like I said, I sit club level. I'm going to be super excited. I'm not super excited about the afternoon game. Uh, my brother and I have decided we just don't really like the afternoon games. It's very weird to come out of a hockey rink into daylight. You know, you're used to going to a wild game and you come out, it's nighttime. But I will be there. I hope you will be there. If not, watch on the, on TV um, and keep up the positive vibes. They're doing great. And the best thing that we can do for them is to stay positive and to send all that positivity their way. So keep the vibes positive and uh, I'll see you next time.